Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 390. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we ring in the new year with goals. It's like champagne followed by administrative list making. What a normal combination of events. Today, we'll talk about how to make good resolutions that you'll actually keep. We'll also look back at 2023 globally, because turns out it was a pretty great year for humanity, but we'll see if our cynicism can accept that. And finally, we'll look at the cultural slush pile to figure out out why feet have become such a thing. Yes, feet. And we'll look at some of the biggest cultural moments of 2023. Today, I'm joined by, oh my gosh, first of all, this is one of those Nagin and her buddies episodes where I could just sit back. Uh, we're joined by um, this wonderful comedian. He's got five albums on iTunes. This man is ex extraordinarily prolific. Um, he's actually, I don't know if you realize this, Christian, one of the first comedians I ever met in New York City when I first moved here. Um, he also has an album, uh, a special right now that you can watch on Amazon. It's called Show Your Work. It's called Show Your Work Now? Show Your Work, yeah. sorry. Show your work now on Amazon is the note I had written, but I put it all, blended it all. <laughs> Show your work. And, um, oh, and he's got a newsletter that I know um, people, so there's some uh, fake the nationers that swear by the newsletter. It's called New Music for Olds. It is the wonderful Christian Finnegan. Hey, Christian, happy new year. Oh, Nagin, what a pleasure to see you after all this time. 
Thank you. Welcome to love you to bring in my 2024 with you. Um, it's and he look and today he's looking like some sort of a beat poet, um, in like a for. dark like a like a sort of beatnik cafe from the 1960s. It's a really nice look. Yeah, the, I'm in a I'm in a, a podcast booth here at, my, at QED Astoria, yeah. my wife's uh, my wife's venue, and uh, I the blackness of the uh, wall tiles really offsets the whiteness of my face. Yes, in, in a way, <laughs> really. it really does. This is when we could really see your skin color. Um, we are also joined um, by just a tremendous, tremendous comedian who's one of the first comedians I ever directed in a thing a um, hundred million years ago. Uh, she is author of the book, Yes, I Can Say That. She's host of the podcast, Kill Me Now. Um, she's just, uh, I mean, she performs all over. You've probably seen her on just a million things on TV all the time. She'll pop up everywhere um, because she is that adored by me and everyone. It is. Uh. The excellent Judy Gold. Thank you, Nagin. It's so great to be here. I love Christian. He's such a great guy. And this is my first giggy gig of 2024. And I'm happy to be here. Very happy. Gosh, I'm so honored, guys. Big fan of both of you. I had a bunch of other gigs and I canceled them. (laughs) Shut up, Christian. Is that true? (laughs) As far as you know. Okay, whatever. Yeah, say it. See, at least I'm honest. Claim it, claim it. All guy comedians are the same. Okay. We're all liars. Um, Okay, well, uh, before we get into it, I just want to remind listeners that it's a new year and maybe it's time for a new Patreon subscription. For as little as $4 a month, you get two bonus episodes of the show and there are more tiers beyond that. Today, I'm actually releasing an episode with Marcella Arguello and Joey Clift where we figure out what to do with relatives at a family event who can't handle their booze. It is so fun. Um, they both have experience with this and uh, you definitely need to check it out. So go to patreon.com slash Farsad to support the show, get your bonus episodes, um, and join in on the fun. All right, let's get into it with topic number one. Okay, so with every new year comes new goals. Uh, sometimes they're pipe dreams, sometimes they're realistic. All the time they have something to do with exercise. We read a piece in the Washington Post that talked about the reality of New Year's resolutions because according to surveys, four in 10 American adults made New Year's resolutions. And here's what I thought was interesting, 16% kept all of their resolutions and about 44% kept at least some, but on all, not all of them by the end of the year. So if you're done on resolutions, this is actually good news because it means nearly two out of three people achieved some kind of success because of a resolution. Um, so I guess my just opening question for the two of you is, do you have, what are your feelings about New Year's resolutions? Have either of you had success with them over the years? First of all, what were, were these people with multiple New Year's resolutions? Like, pick one. <laughs> like, well, who puts that much pressure on themselves? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I I feel like that, you know, it's a marker. Okay. You know, they'd say everything that's like new, 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 um, new year. So it's like, we're going to do new things. I always pick something that I th- I'm like I have to stop doing like for the whole year I'm like you you're an idiot stop it stop it so yeah so I've picked one one can you share that's it all or I is can it- handle I got to get off the fucking phone I can't stand okay. being yeah. uh, I mean I literally like I have really bad ADHD so I'll go in for a specific reason like to read an article 
And then, yeah. um, then an hour and a half later, yeah, I'm watching cooking videos on Instagram. No, it's this a is nightmare. a waste of my life. And when you get to be my age, you're like, oh, I only have 20 years left, so I, I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> Christian, what's your relationship with New Year's resolutions? Well, I mean, I, I agree with Judy. I think that's the one that everyone has. I mean, the problem is, is that the way the world has gone everything is funneled through either your phone or your laptop. And so even the practical necessary things you have to do are on the same device as yeah, the it's thing so that yeah. kills your time. You know what yeah. I mean? And so yeah. it's, it's so I, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a big one for me. I, I think that, you know, I, I used to get really down on myself because the, my news resolutions wouldn't last more than say into early March or whatever. Now I've kind of come to the conclusion that fine, great. So I had two months. Two months yeah, of, right. of trying hard. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. better than no months. And uh, I think if nothing else, thinking about your New Year's resolutions is kind of a nice opportunity to just sort of analyze, well, what is important to me? Like, what am I, what am I, like, what am I, what are my goals? And even if I don't fulfill them, even if I don't do them, it's nice to just sort of take a little inventory and be like, all right, what is actually important to me this year? And it's not necessarily the same things that are important to me last year, you know? Uh, that's how I'm trying to tell myself. I won't do any of them, but I, I, uh, I have thought about it. I do want to add that I, I didn't mean generalized use of my phone. I meant the wasting of the time. Like the I waste, said yeah. to Elisa, we had friends over. I made dinner. I was like, hide my phone. I don't want to even know where it is. Yeah. And then Did I had that to work? look up a recipe. Yes, I didn't even know where it was. I look I had to, so I just took out my laptop and I and I looked up the recipe. But that was it. I didn't use it. But I also have to say, as a Jew, you know, we have Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is the Jewish New Year. And a lot of that processing of what did I do last year? Yeah. How do I want to change? Like we spend a lot of time really thinking about the changes we want to make. So I kind of think of that as my my real new year, you know, because yeah. I put so much thought into it. I um, I have a similar relationship with, with relationship with Persian New Year, which is a, the first day of spring. But I t- I do both. Oh, that's like a great. I, new I do year. one. I did a great New yeah. Year because it's like a free, you know it's a yeah. start of great. all the things are blooming. Yeah. It's lovely. But like I let, but I I do both because then it's like I, st- I have one start now and then I have another right. start. Oh yeah, just, you, yeah. So yours like, is in March. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like if my my thing only lasts three months, then that's cool. Like it's because right. I have another one. By the way, so l- one of the things that the article talks about is kind of like keep your goals realistic. And and when Judy said, "Who are these people?" with multiple goals. I'm just going to show you guys. This is great podcasting because I'm going to show you something visual, which is this is my list of goals. No way. <laughs> oh, if you guys way, could I, see the adorable little I did artistic an adorable <laughs> Because my oh. daughter was drawing and I sat next to her and drew New Year's goals in crayon and like little oh, flourishes next I to it. So that. stupid. I but saw point, singing on there. What singing, is that about? Oh, hey, I didn't think it would like focus that quickly on oh. the words. How embarrassing. Um, singing, yeah, that's, one, that's probably the most realistic goal that's on here um, because I just want to strengthen my vocal cords just because I, A, I love singing, so I should just do it more. Like if if you sing every day for 10 minutes, it'll strengthen your vocal cord muscles. Right. Um, But also I've noticed that like after an hour of stand-up, my voice is so tired and I don't feel like I should live that way. I that think was I my last year. Right? Vocal exercises. I, I had yeah. vocal cord surgery like five years ago. I had a. Uh, Did you notes really? Had, yeah, yeah. 
and oh, that okay, really and I couldn't good. I couldn't talk for like six weeks and, and oh all that. And, and, oh God, forget it. Kill yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> and that really did remind me of how much I missed singing. Like, you know, because I was in chorus and all that, and it was in yeah, a barbershop same. quartet in high school and all that crap. And so I actually mm. joined the choir last year. <laughs> I am in the Astoria choir. Oh my oh, God. I love, I love that. that. See, that's yeah. kind of like my uh, ultimate goal is to join some sort of not important to me. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's not important. It's like not important. It's not a career goal for me it's to clean. be in a choir. It's clean. It's separate it, from it, your it's professional separate. life. Like, I just yeah. want to join something where I sing for fun. And it's mm-hmm. not about uh, achieving it and like right. winning it and fucking making money at it. Like, it's not about any of that. So that is one of my goals. But what I do, what I'm doing wrong, guys, is that I have some of these are just kind of to do list things, honestly. But uh, but some some of them are just like, why do I have so many goals? But I'm also that kind of person. And I'm annoying. Um, (laughs) I said too many goals. Um, Here's one thing that I thought was interesting about the list that I wonder if you guys have ever done this. Um, the, 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 the experts say that you should set your new year's resolutions at the right time. So if it is about exercise, you need to be, do, you need to set the resolution when you're like short of breath and sweaty. So that, oh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah because you need to like the reduce the empathy gap between your present self and the self that will be accomplishing those goals. So if you can't pick, like if you're if your goal is to finish writing a novel or whatever, you should literally be doing it and then be like, what can I legitimately achieve in the new year? Is it one page a day or whatever? Right. And that's when you set the goal so that you can really feel what it's like to do it. Yeah, I, de- I definitely go in that f- stupid vortex of sh- oh and I wonder what oh and what about this one and then it's like oh my god this is such a waste of time yeah such a way I'm sick of wasting my time well the other thing is coupling your goal with something you'll enjoy right um have you ever have you guys ever done that no, oh you I mean like yeah no I know you mean like like save a certain tv show to only watch on the treadmill or something yes, like that or exactly like a, yeah a podcast it's, that you only allow yourself to listen to at the gym or something like yes that. Yeah. they call it temptation bundling yeah I do that I've never <laughs> done that no I basically I, ha- do all of my goals wrong is how I, what I've learned from this list of from the experts well you've done very well in life Nagin, I mean, so I think <laughs> So I'm doing some things right. Now, I want to tell you, Judy, there's one thing that my friend is doing and I wonder, well, and then one thing my parents are doing that I wonder if they're helpful to you in your phone issue, which we all have a phone issue. I I also have a phone issue. It's just not on my list next to singing, Um, which is my friend gets the newspaper in paper and she's like 35 years old. It's not like, uh, so she doesn't use her phone for news, which I think is brilliant. Um, I mean, it it can be costly, (laughs) but also. No, I get the, I get the newspaper. I get some magazines. Yeah. I mean, I think that's brilliant because I think that's my issue is like I go to my phone to check the news and I have to know the news, you know. But can Um, I can I constantly refresh a newspaper to see if the Epson client list has dropped yet? I need to be able to constantly pick (laughs) up a new newspaper. Is it there yet? Is it there yet? Do you need to know? Do you really need to know? (laughs) Does it affect your life in many ways? (laughs) I didn't think I needed to know. And yet I probably have refreshed Twitter. Always Twitter. Never yeah, X, always of Twitter. Course, I, of I probably refreshed Twitter thirty times in the past thirty six hours, trying to see. Wow, like, I don't I know why. What I don't know why. Comedians are on there. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. Just one person, one comedian. Right, right, right. 
when one of my goals in 2024 is to never refer to it by Elon Musk's preferred name. Yeah. Um, the the other thing that my my parents do, which is so simple, and I think a lot of people probably do this, um, but you know, I just really noticed it this time around visiting them as I'm here in California. Um, is they have a, an old phone that they don't use anymore that plays all of their music. Mm. And so instead of going to their, because this is the derailment happens when you go to your phone and you're like, I'm here, I'm here merely uh, to put on a playlist, yeah. but there's 15 text messages and da, 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 da. So then you get caught in a, you know, you get sidetracked, but my parents just have a separate phone that like that plays you their music. You know what's interesting, Nagin, when you said that, yeah. I actually pictured a rotary phone on the wall that they took the hook. And I was like, what is she talking about? That is how old I am. I thought it was a real, like a landline phone. You know how in old timey we used to play music off of rotary phones. Yeah. Yeah, you hold the receiver up to the stereo. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, okay, well, folks, me? Hit, hit me up. Are you d- achieving your goals properly? Are you temptation bundling? Are you having a reasonable number of goals? Are you setting your goals at the right time to reduce the empathy gap? I'm so curious. Um, share your goals with me and is singing one of them. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education 
app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. Okay, so I got this idea because we wrote a piece it, uh, from Nicholas Kristoff in the New York Times. And he basically made the case that despite some of the incredibly awful realities of 2023, like the wars in Ukraine and Gaza and uh, less remembered Yemen, um, and despite the fact that Trump is ridiculously in the lead for the GOP primaries, and despite the fact that there is a really questionable resurgence in Y2K fashion, uh, 2023 is actually among the best for humanity. Um, and he points out that like um, g- global child mortality has dropped to its lowest point at just 3.6% of newborns dying by the age of five. It used to be like orders of magnitude larger than that. Um, and just over the decades, it's consistently dropped. Extreme poverty has re- reached an, uh, a record low, affecting just a bit more than 8% of humans worldwide. 100,000 people are now emerging from extreme poverty every day. And he, and he sort of gives us this like really incredible list of great things that are happening. I mean, there, there's, there's more like um, the eradication of polio and Guinea worm disease is almost totally happened. Um, blinding trachoma is also on its way out in several countries. So there's there's just like this list of like things that happened in 2023 that make it actually a great year for humanity. And he writes in it that he writes a column like this almost every year. And he gets a lot of backlash because people, quote, believe it is offensive to hail progress when so many are dying unnecessarily from wars and disease. So my question to the two of you is, are you offended like many of his readers? Um, did you think there's a place for this kind of like look back? Offended? What? I, well, that's what he what he claims his I, readers. These people, first of all, everyone is so <laughs> me, 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 me. Like, mm-hmm. look, I, I, I know this is going to come to a shock. I'm not the most positive person <laughs> in the entire world. Yes, you, Judy? Yes, but, you know, Look, I'm not going around like, oh, God, I'm in chronic pain because of my knee. And there's, you know, like anti-Semitism and the war and and Ukraine. Like, I, I'm there's 
I'm not then saying in my head, but you know, the, uh, that whatever it is, the, uh, the Jimmy Carter disease that, that I, I just don't go there. I, I mean, like, I'm glad he goes there. Peanut Thank allergies? you for letting us know. Huh? It's, it said Jimmy Carter disease, and I said peanut allergies. Oh, he's the Sorry. one who, who uh, <laughs> no, yeah, is it guinea, guinea worm disease? He's yeah, the one guinea worm. Figured, yes. He's the one who figured figuring it, it yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I just like I think it's great that he does that, and because I think the more we know, the more we know. But I don't think people process it. It's like you know, but everything else sucks, and he's just saying. But FYI. You know, and it's okay. It doesn't make me feel bad. I mean, it's like great for those people that it affects, you know, but I don't know if the word I'm an I don't American know if, and it's all yeah. about me. I don't I don't know if offended is the right word. Yeah. I do kinda I don't know, I take a bit of a jaundiced eye at articles like this because it's like on the one hand it's like yeah, I'm, things are fine for you, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That it's like, you're doing great. I, and the thing is, all the things he's talking about, they're real. I don't, you know, don't discount them. But they're, they aren't things that we interact with on a day-to-day right, basis. Right. It's not like, oh, man, hey, did you guys check out the child mortality today? It's way down. You, you know, like it's the Dow or something. You know, it, it, it the things but that— But why isn't that as important as the Dow? Well, because— well, I mean, the Dow is obviously not super important to me either. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to be perfectly frank, this may shock you, but I'm not a huge investor in the stock market. But I'm just saying the things that are tough about 2023 and the things that are tough about this era in general are the things that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. You know, uh, the price of food, you know, uh, online, you know, r- racism and anti-Semitism and right. Islamophobia and all like all these things are tactile and real and we encounter them on a day-to-day basis, all of the things, all the the positive trends he's citing, which again, I don't doubt that they're real, aren't really things that we can do anything with. It, it doesn't change okay, my an, day an, Another one that wasn't even in his, um, in his article that I just happened to notice is that homicides are tr- like, and crime in general are extremely down. They have, there's, there's been a sharp decline. Yeah. In all the well, crimes, we, yeah. Well, so, it's hard to exactly. it's hard to notice no, the absence of something. Like, right, right, right. But like, why? So this is this is the thing of like discounting the positive. Like, why? Why discount the positive? But it's that's like, great. It's a positive that's that's like okay. That's, <laughs> what I mean, you know, it's like, but I but know, doesn't but he it sounds? But the same thing, the same fears that get people to you know to post a video. Of, you know, I don't know, something negative that happened with, a, a you know, something got stolen or whatever. And they post right, a video right. and then it goes viral and then everyone thinks that that thing, it, there's theft everywhere or whatever. Yeah. If the same, but should it the same thing be true on the other side of like, hey, here's a positive piece of information. Well, but, but again, though, it's and like, it, it's and, not... it, and, the, and let's say that goes viral. And then everyone's like, oh, their crime is down. I, I psychically feel better about my community because I know there's less crime. Right. But what I'm what I was saying, though, it's like you, you can't really appreciate the absence of something. You know, you, you can only appreciate when things happen, not when things don't happen. You know, it, it's like if if uh, that's I, those stupid when when Bush was president and he gave everybody those tax rebates, like he got yeah. so much credit and he got so much goodwill from that just because it was like, oh, my God, I'm getting something. Getting right, something. Right, you know right. what I mean? Which and, is it, it, similar to like the pandemic checks. That was like a, yeah, a, a tangible yeah. thing. Okay, well, now, this is a piece of reading that I did not share with you guys because I just wanted to get your fresh feelings about it. Now, I heard an interview with a wonderful writer, Amanda Ripley. She has a substack, and she had a piece in her substack called How to Survive 2020.
2024. So I'm, I'm imagining that the three of us might have some anxiety going into 2024 because it's an election year. Am I correct in uh, thinking that? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I don't trust anyone oh. who's looking forward to 2024. I know. Just in principle. Okay. If you're like, oh my God, I'm, just, I'm so excited I'm about already, 2024. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the election over with, but like, you know, um, okay. So she knows that this anxiety is is a, is a national reality. And she covered um, the upheavals in Venezuela. And she met a bunch of journalists who were dealt with it, a lot of similar things that are happening, um, that have happened here with a lot of polarization, like a shit ton of polarization in Venezuela, even worse, whatever. So she interviewed these Venezuelan journalists, or like this, sorry, this one Venezuelan journalist to say, how did you survive all of that? Because it's it seemed miserable and we're going into an election year that everyone is dreading. And what, what do you suggest? And so uh, through her work, she determined kind of three main things. Um, one is don't let yourself be hijacked by the polarization because it'll make you crazy. So that's thing number one. Like recognize that there is polarization, but don't get wound up in it. Don't start making constant argument, arguments about it. Don't basically rile yourself up about the polarization on the side that you're on even. You know what I mean? Um, do you find yourselves doing that in general because i i have definitely in 2020 i mean in 2020 that's all like you know yeah i mean it, it is it is hard especially when you know that the people that you would be arguing with aren't going to be arguing in good faith and it's it's not you know that that honestly just getting into the fight is letting them win in some yeah. way <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean and when i say them i'm, I'm that's right, a broad brush right. but i'm saying it, it's it's hard because it's like you don't want to just sit back and take it and you don't want to be uh, passive and you want to be proactive and fight for what you believe right. in but so often with these people the argument is the point you know the the, the sort yeah. of dragging you into the mud and turning everything into point. just this you know uh who can be more aggressive, you know, that, that's, that's sort of the, the strategy. And so right. it's, so I don't, I haven't really figured out how I'm going to navigate that yet. It's like, I've pretty much reacted so far by kind of receding in, you know, it's, it's in my career, in my life in general, like yeah. I, as a comedian, it's been kind of hard for me because I've kind of come to the conclusion that there's just a lot of people I don't want to perform for. I don't want to perform for. I don't, Oh, I it know. makes it really hard to do the I road, know. you know, in addition yeah. to other things. Yeah. But it's like, nah, I don't. I mean, I remember, I remember the week, the the New Year's Eve after Trump won, I headlined the Tampa Improv New Year's Eve weekend. Oh God, and kill me, kill! I, that is just already. Yeah, I but I, I just thought, I looked out in the crowd, I was like, I fucking hate these people. Not all of them, but but <laughs> right, a lot of right, them. Right, right, right. I, 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 you know, I can't stand them. Oh, and it's like, what am I going to do? This is my career to, to try to entertain these people. And I don't want to. And I, and it's been, so, you know, I have yeah. to say, yeah, I'm just saying well, it's been eight to... years. And I still haven't figured out the answer to that. Well, one thing I'll say is I, I performed in South Carolina, in Columbia, South Carolina, the week after Trump was elected. And they had, there was like extra security there because they were worried uh, about me <laughs> being there and like riling people up or whatever. Um, and it went over great and it was awesome. Anyways, well, you were probably I just, playing as a like counter, a cool indie place, weren't you? You weren't playing like... Well, it was a big theater. I mean, it was like a, you know, it was like a 400 seat theater. I mean, I don't know who those yeah, people, people were. people were there to see you. Yeah. People were there to see me. It's yeah, different yeah. than people difference. showing up to Ybor City. No, I, I mean, absolutely. 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 Yeah. But I was in an extremely red state is my yeah. point. Okay, of course. Judy. Yeah, but there's blueberries in the red states. But True. there's also 
you know, I remember, you know, in the 80s, the 90s, like when I was out, when I was out, I came out on stage in 96 um, and there were audiences and I'm telling my life, you know, I'm talking about being a gay parent or whatever, you know, and I had the, the same thing Christian was say. It's like, yeah, you don't deserve this. You don't, you know, you are, I, I remember when I first came out, cause I had started in all the straight clubs. I had already mm-hmm. been in, you know, in the mainstream clubs and then I'm out in these mainstream clubs and people are walking out or making comments and stuff. And so I get it. It's, it's, it's like, you get to a point where like, you know what? If if you're going to have all these preconceived notions, if you already have your mind made up, like you can't being in front of an audience that already has their mind made up and you know that you don't agree with anything, you know, it's just it's really, really hard when you're you're fighting that. I mean, it's I, I've had the only time I ever walked off stage in 42 years was. Uh, right before Trump was elected and I did a joke about Trump and they all started yelling, go Trump, you know? And I'm like, I'm doing a joke about how he needs therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing a joke about Republicans versus Democrats, you know, and you can't, it was, I, I, it's really hard. It's really hard to be a comedian in these times. Well, and, and I think, you know, again, it's like asking so much of everybody, but I do think this right. point of like, be on the side, be be above the polarization. Like, let everyone else be mad at each other and blah blah blah. But it's and then so you just, hard to, you know. And I and now we have four more years. Okay, but, of okay. So here's another one. Here's another one. Yeah. Okay. Number two, limit the amount of anguish you take on. All right. So this I thought was probably true for That's me a good one. and like That's probably a good one. all of our listeners. Um, now, before you read, this is what she says, before you read a story or share a reel, ask yourself, how will this help me or others? Is there something I can do about this or learn from this? And that um, she wrote, and she, I think this was about another journalist who kind of came to the realization, don't fool yourself into thinking that monitoring tragedy is by itself helping anyone. <gasps> when yeah, she when I read that, true. that hit me so close to home because I was like, oh, me just scrolling through the news is fucking totally does nothing at all for fucking right. anyone. Yeah. That one made that me feel That is 100% things. true. That's always how I feel whenever there's like a plane crash or uh, a flood or some sort of natural right. disaster and it's just like that shiny object not to diminish the tragedy that people yeah, are experiencing yeah. but like that sort of shiny object shit that like CNN just obsesses over for two yes. weeks straight and it's like there's nothing to be gained right. by watching it at all it, but it, and so I, I have learned to sort of wean myself off of that like yeah and then but then there's that other side of it you know we have all these massive sh- mass shootings and everyone is tuned out it has yeah. no no rea- it's like oh okay another one you know that's that's the downside yeah. of you know of right. that but i agree I mean, with you i, ag- I agree and i think with that's that. another way of helping us all like kind of stay off of our phones it's just like does this literally do anything right um, it's and- like how do you feel before you get pick up that yeah. phone and how do you feel after like i always feel like what the fuck did i 
Like, I literally am like, what? You know, 40 yeah. minutes? Like, I, I worry yeah. that I may have said this before on your podcast, so I apologize. But there's this, there was this kid when I was in elementary school that I would eat lunch with, you know, at the lunch table or whatever. And he would do this thing where he would take all the food on his tray and he would stir it into this big goulash, like a big mush, and then eat it. And then everyone, but he would do it kind of like, he pretended he liked it, but it was really just a kind of a, a show he was putting bit, on for the yeah. other kids. And everyone would be like, ew, ew. And he would always say, it's all going the same place. And uh, that is how <laughs> social media and the news feels now, where it's like yeah. Twitter is like hilarious, depressing, like somebody's dog right. died. I just, my exactly. son graduated high school, the, you know, the 10, October it's, 7th. Yeah. And it's all just in this goulash that makes you feel everything and Horrible. nothing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I need to know what that guy, that kid does now for a living. He's a senator. So can you kid. please look it up? He's a senator? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I have no idea. <laughs> By the way, there was another, in this point, she made another really great metaphor that I just thought I'd share. She said, the news media covers a very narrow, distorted sliver of what is actually happening in the world. It's like trying to see your town yeah. through a peephole. You may glimpse something very, something important every so often, but it will never be the full picture. So it's yeah. like also, you know, keep that in mind. So just like, again, this is just kind of re- reduce your news consumption generally is really what this amounts to. Number right. three is if you see something good to do, do it and don't expect a big result. Um, so um, there's very few people that she writes, like the number of people who can depolarize a hyperpolarized country on their own is approximately five, um, according to some careful calculations that she made, which I think is probably right. It's, you know, there's like a Mark Zuckerberg, a whoever and a whoever right. that can really like have that kind of like major, major global impact. But, um, you know, there's stuff that you can do that might have, you know, um, can have a, a minor uh, effect and don't expect it to be a real effect. Like if you're, you know, she she gives us the example of like when you talk to your cousin who lives in a swing state but isn't planning on voting, um, share a story about why we vote and then maybe they'll vote, maybe they won't vote. Um the thing I like to always talk about is figure out what's like shitty in your own community, the park, the, a, a left a left turn signal, uh, a, you know, I don't, whatever it is, and a, a pothole and try and fix that. Those things are actually more gratifying and will have more of an impact on your day to day than like these large, you know, things that you have no real control over. What about spending hours upon hours gazing into my own navel? Is that helping anything? <laughs> is that- it's 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 probably actually I want to say better. Um, I mean, if you saw my navel, you'd get it. Okay, it's a pretty fascinating and navel. The, <laughs> she ends the piece talking about you know literally the stuff we do to ourselves, like by by scrolling and doing all this stuff, is like spikes in cortisol. We just actually there's right, actually right, physiological right. effects. So like. I don't know. Check out this piece. Um, again, it's called How to Survive 2024 in Amanda Ripley's Substack. And I was just so moved by it. And um, and it made me feel really good about having some basic rules going into 2024. She's absolutely right, because I was just, you know, I was unfortunately watching the news and they they said New Hampshire and the Iowa caucus. And I automatically got like, no, like I was like, I cannot go through this again. I know, yeah. I know. Uh, and uh, I also feel like, um, you know, having seen now, my, my mom had a friend who was like very pro-Trump. And this time around, uh, I think she's like, tired of it so she doesn't even mention it anymore interestingly even people who were very pro-trump like just anecdotally from my own life there's like two over here um 
that I know of, and they're like just tired of it, even though they're pro-Trump, like maybe even still, but they're just not even bringing it up anymore, which I think is interesting because they used to bring it up all the time. So I don't know. People, it's, it's good to be tired of it. And then just to talk about Taylor Swift instead. Um, All right, let us move on to topic number three. Okay, so apparently feet have become a big deal in recent years. There's a lot more censorship of feet on social media. (laughs) If you post, you know, accidental naked feet in a photo, it might be taken down. Um, I've actually been foot indifferent my entire life. That's uh, an admission from me to you. And as a result, I've never even noticed foot imagery. Like, it's just not something that, you know, I see. Um... Has this been on your radar? Have you noticed a change in foot awareness? (laughs) What is this? I think think there's a couple things at at play here. I I think one, memes become reality. And for a long time, (laughs) Uh in like the 2000s, in the the aughts and in the 10s, the whole the foot fetishes kind of became sort of a a kind of a hack go-to joke. Like there was a lot of... Like on 30 Rock, there were like a ton of foot fetish jokes, you know, jokes. And, and not even hack. But I'm just saying it's like it was sort of a, a go to comedy reference for a long time. And I think a lot of times those things then become reality. You, you know what I mean? That, you know, wiki feet. How many jokes have you heard about wiki feet or, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino being obsessed with feet? You know, it just it, it felt like I never heard about foot fetishes when I was when I was in my 20s. But for whatever yeah. reason, the past 15 years, it became a big joke. And then I think that sort of filters down to young people and then they it stops being an ironic joke to them and it becomes a real thing i think um i you know so so Pornhub actually did a year in review so this came from a vice piece by the way so they're out there figuring out trends and in 2023 gen z searched for foot related content on the site more than any other generation so there is something about having grown up with like references to to feet or something yeah um relative to the to other age groups feet are 68 percent more popular among gen z and according to grinder gen z is the least likely to have the feet tag on their profile because they're worried that their feet are constantly being sexualized um, oh my god so judy talk to me about i mean you have don't you have a couple of gen z children yeah what is gen z is what year to what year oh i think i think henry is not and ben is i haven't discussed it with ben (laughs) but Uh i just find this so like weird i mean i don't know (laughs) it's it's a foot you know i just want to get a pedicure as someone who was a runner and my toenails would fall off all the time because you know you long distance run like i just i have never looked at feet as it's like a way to get from one place to I don't understand (laughs) i know i don't understand either i don't understand it i mean i like getting a pedicure I like getting my foot rubbed. You know, I don't believe in socks and Birkenstocks. I think that the whole foot should be showing in the Birkenstock. You know, like I used to wear sandals all the time. As you get older, your feet get kind of not as attractive. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to wear these shoes because my feet look like shit. So maybe because they're in a good foot period of their life (laughs) they are like oh i never noticed how hot your feet are but just wait just wait until you get hammer toes and corns and 
nails falling off. You know, it's. I also think there's so, there's something yeah. that that uh, that I refer to as uh, public domain personality quirks, which are like things that. Uh, they've heard other people say that makes them seem interesting, and so they kind of adopt them as like this, I could be interested. Like for a long time, right. people would say like, "Oh, I can't stand the word panties," or "I can't stand the word moist," or like, "I'm afraid of clowns." And I right, would be like, right, right, "Are right. you really?" Or is that just something you've heard other people say? And it seems like an easy way to make yourself feel interesting. Uh, and I, I right. kind of feel like that's what this feet thing is too. That it's it's sort of like they've heard other people say that oh I have a weird thing about feet and it's like well I I'm interesting I'm I have also have an interesting thing about feet and, and I I question it sometimes I I think sometimes people try to up their own quirkiness um but you know that, I'm looking at my feet right now cuz I'm barefoot <laughs> there's nothing interesting about my feet well, like I don't I don't get it I, I don't mean, then why do I have extra... a boner Judy Oh boy! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So, just my my final piece of um, data on this because I just think it's hilarious that there is also data on this. Um, Fun with feet, a feet pick selling app, which I've never heard of, um, says that the eighteen to thirty demographic represents the vast majority of their seller base. They say that sixty three percent of their users are between eighteen and twenty six, and um, per their data, quote, foot fetishes are growing exponentially year after. After year, so someone from that company actually wrote that sentence that foot fetishes are growing exponentially year after year, which I think is hilarious and is a weird. I mean, it's like I guess if you look at cultural trends or something, it's like we used to think men in pantaloons were hot or something, right? Um, right so it's right. like it, it it stands to reason. I that... actually never thought that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, it stands to reason that, that different things are going to catch fire right. like a, in different parts of a century. Um, so well, and it's bless like everyone's now that, heart. Now that I'm sorry to be all filthy with boner talk, and now what I'm about Please. to say. But now that like anal sex has stopped being this sort of verboten topic, like I True. guess they need something else has to take its place as the sort of gross thing that nobody will talk about, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, like like something else needs to be fetishized when something kind of when something sort of enters the realm of if not respectability, then sort of commonality. You, you know, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I remember just I'm, I know this is going to a very weird direction. And I apologize. But I was talking to like younger women. You know, I've been married for 409 years and uh, the young women were just saying that that's just kind of just something that's part of the deal now that when I was a kid, like when I was young, I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know anybody who'd ever heard of it. Like, I, so yeah. it just kind of makes me wonder as sexual practices and mores change, change, then other things have to sort of go into that taboo space. Right, because I we're wonder. not comfortable with nothing being taboo, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, like there always has to be something taboo that we're like working right. against, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So, folks, I don't know. Let me know. Do you have a foot fetish? Does any of this make sense to you? Are you on uh, fucking, what's it called? Fun with Feet, the best-selling foot pick app. Um, okay, let's. Uh, or let's, do you want to have anal with Christian? Or do you want to have either? I posted yeah. a joke Calendar about is anal. Wide open. <laughs> I posted a joke about anal like a um, couple months ago or whatever and it like immediately went viral and I was like oh is it just because this is about <laughs> anal yeah, you know yeah. what I mean this is about anal and people are just like yay um, alright um, 
let's quickly talk about biggest cultural moments of 2023. Um, did any of these resonate with you? So there's a, there's a list in in the Independent, um, which is a UK publication. So a couple of them were about weird UK people that I was like, yeah. I don't know who you are. But the other ones I thought was it was a nice place to look because it seemingly has a little bit more of a global bent. Um, and one of them brought, they brought up was like Rihanna at the Super Bowl, which feels like in the annals of history, four hundred years ago, yeah, four hundred years. Like I think, like in in a hundred years, people will be like, "Oh, it's like Rihanna at the Super Bowl." I don't know. Do you feel like that one <laughs> withstand the test of time? I I don't really. Uh, I don't either. No, it's funny. I mean that. Yeah, you know, all three of us are uh, VH1 clip show veterans, and. Uh, you know, I was on Best Week Ever for a long time, and I know you guys have done those shows. You know, you mm. I think you both have done Best Week Ever as well, haven't you? Yeah, I didn't do um, Best Week Ever, but I was in the clip show world. Yeah, and it's just so it's so funny that all of the stuff I used to just have to know, you know, and I used to sort of yeah. have to be vaguely aware of. Like, I remember being at a bar once and looking up at the TV, and it was on E, and there was some scroll about Lindsay Lohan, and I had to like stop my conversation, and because I was like, well, I'm going to be asked about this this week so I better pay attention right. to what's going on and so now when I read these you know I, I I feel like I feel like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption like I, I'm just sort of like yo you young fellas you know the things you care about like when I see these sort of cultural events that apparently meant something I'm like well I'm officially out of circulation in terms of well what you is... were doing it because you were getting paid right. so yes. yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah, you wouldn't yeah, have paid yeah, attention yeah, yeah. to it at all you know yeah. well Judy here's another one does, does this do anything for you the coronation of King Charles you know I was a big Lady Die fan okay. um and I also love The Crown and everything. Uh, but I'm currently watching it. Oh, I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm, I'm like done. I'm like two episodes away from being done. Don't you? Isn't it getting depressing? All right, whatever. <laughs> uh, we can discuss that off the air. But um, you know, I you know I, I follow. I I was one of those people who you know I got up at like three in the morning to watch him marry lady i mean i used to love that and my mother did too you know it was just fun to watch and stuff but yeah he's so i can't stand him and yet you know and it doesn't really have any effect on me right but it was at this point knowing what we know about the royal family uh the fact that he's sitting there, like, like that, there is a can't, like it's ridiculous. It, the I, the I don't whole, know. You I mean the whole enterprise? Ridiculous. The whole enterprise, and that he stands there in the outfit, and it's yeah, it's like whole, it's it feels it's a little just, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's so over the top, and I get it. And you know, there's people that are, but it's like, come on, people. They should have just like happening. rented a conference room at the Hilton. You know what I mean? <laughs> Throw on. Yeah. Right. Nice and, and a, visor. Have somebody and do a tight so 15 up it. top. And then exactly. Warm up the crowd. And also, how long is he going to be king? No one wants him to be king. Well, until death does him part from right, it. Right, I know. The but only they, part okay. of that that will last with me at all is just those close-ups of his disgusting sausage fingers. 
Oh my god, I know. <laughs> that okay, the way t- the way Gen Z feels about feet is how I feel about King Charles fingers. fingers. Okay. They're disgusting. But Christian, this is your opportunity to launch an app and become a millionaire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wiki fingers. Okay, so here's here's yeah. two things. I'm going to I'm going to close on this. There's two things that I do feel really define 2023. Do you agree with me? It is Barbenheimer and Twitter imploding. Do you feel like those are kind of like Culturally, culturally, absolutely. the big things. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And I, I feel I mean, like I'm going to remember Barbenheimer forever because that was crazy. It was crazy, and it I felt ve- it felt very organic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it felt very yeah. uh, people powered. It felt like it didn't feel corporate. It it felt like a, kind of a joke that everyone just kind of got in on and had a great time with. You know? Right, exactly. A joke that we could kind of unironically enjoy, oddly. Like, we all yeah. kind of unironically enjoyed this thing that was ridiculous. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, we I don't have that, that sort of, also, we don't have those opportunities to have, like, monoculture moments and sort of mass culture yeah. participation. And so, yeah, it, it felt it felt like a fun thing that everyone could enjoy and not you know, not have it be polarizing. Yeah. And then also, I mean, with the, the Twitter thing, it's, uh, I, I had a lot of followers and I know a lot of people, I met a lot of people on Twitter and became fans of theirs. And, you know, we would podcast together and, and, and yet he fucking ruined it. He ruined ruined the whole thing. I mean, Trump had ruined it. And now he, it's just, yeah. It's there, like there a bar rescue things episode. About it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when he comes in and yeah. takes some yeah. some place and makes it just corny, you know. Right. And it's like the lamest person you know who never gets invited to the parties right. buys the bar where all the parties take place. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. like, and I'm going to ruin it for all of you. Yeah. You know, he's just. No, I'm so... Mr. Popularity. Right. Wait, are you, did you guys delete your accounts or no? You're no, I, I can't. I, I don't I, even look at it. It's the only social media app that I ever invested Use, any time yeah, or emotion yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never, I've never been a picture guy, so I never got into Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't do TikTok. I don't do any of that shit, I and like so threads. I feel fucking trapped. I like threads, but it's, I was, it's just like you were, you know, it was people really worked hard to get Twitter followers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get like the, lists and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm a huge basketball yeah. fan, and so it's like, I, you know, when I spend my, that's why I don't, I've never been a Royals guy. It feels guy. like not at all like a news source anymore. Like if you were to have your basketball list, it seems like oh, everything no, no. that would come up is inaccurate and weird. Well, I, I literally, like I have curated lists of like specific people, you know, but that's all I really right. use it for at this point. Like I certainly don't use it to try to further my career, God forbid. Or, or like, or just right. like, like, like I used to look at it just to be like, what's the chatter? Right. But it's also you, no, you felt no. like you could have you could interact with, you know, these people that you would never be able to interact with. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was. Uh, yeah. You know, so that feels I, I like know. very big for 2023. OK, folks, that is the end of the show. My God, what a wonderful day, way to start the year with the two of you. I'm so happy we got to do this together. Um, and I want for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you in 2024 and all the wonderful things that you do. Judy Gold, where do they do that? Well, I am on all the socials at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y, G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish. Not a great time for us. But um, <laughs> that is, that that's, and JudyGold.com, regular, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D.com is my website. And can I just plug a couple dates? Yeah, Absolutely. 
January 12th, City Winery, New York. January 13th, City Winery, Philly. January 19 and 20, Off Cabot, which is in Beverly, Massachusetts. Beverly, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, just I've got a lot of dates coming up and um, I'm tired. Folks, go see Judy Gold in New York and Philly and Beverly, Massachusetts. There's going to be more and more opportunities. This woman performs everywhere in America, and it is a wonderful, wonderful time. Christian Finnegan, where uh, can people find you? Uh, well, I am. I am still slugging it out on on Twitter. Uh, well, I'm on all the socials <laughs> at at Christ Finnegan, C-H-R-I-S-T-F-I-N-N-E-G-A-N, sort of a uh, companion to J-E-W-D-Y. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's perfect, Judy and Christ, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I have a newsletter called New Music for Olds where I- uh, I, ex- I can't wait to read that. Expose people to new stuff that I've been enjoying in my musical travails. Uh, that is uh, newmusicforolds.substack.com. And, uh, and I have five albums on iTunes and uh, you can Google me. You'll find stuff. Oh, folks, and definitely do it because, again, as someone who's been um, able to see both of these people live and in Christian live, it's just it's such a fun time to watch him perform. So definitely avail yourself of the opportunities. And as for me, um, I'm going to be here and there throughout the year, but I'm not specifically sure of any of it yet. So I will, but I will, as you know, announce all my dates um, on this show. Again, if you haven't read my piece on mush on going to a mushroom retreat in Jamaica and tripping balls, you can do that on a far magazine. Um, it would mean a lot to me if you check that out, actually. Uh, it's like a long read. It's a, it's a little, it's a meaty read. Um, and I, and I expose a lot. And, um, we, what I really would like to do is thank everyone who makes this show a possibility. That's our wonderful, wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Um, thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making this show a possibility. Thanks to Gabby Alter for our theme music. If you have any questions or concerns or ideas, you can reach us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com. And again, don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash Farsad. And otherwise, Happy New Year. We'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.